This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey there, cat lovers. Welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim. I'm a small animal veterinarian, and obviously, I'm a crazy cat lover. Today, I have a really interesting topic and guest. I have Dr. Ryan Engler with me, and we are going to talk about how to get the most out of your veterinary visit with your cat and how to best communicate with your veterinary team. So we will be right back to talk about communicating right after these messages. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray. Or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Go to kittypooclub.com, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. As I said, I have Dr. Ryan Engler. Hi, Dr. Engler. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you because I know that we really want to encourage all of my listeners to take their cats to the vet and to include their veterinary team in the healthcare decisions for their cat. And I think it's a really, really great idea to delve into how we can improve that visit and how we can improve the communication. So before we get into the meat of that, though, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Um, I'm from the East Coast, so I'm originally from Maryland. I had the opportunity to attend Cornell University for both undergrad as well as for my DVM degree. I graduated as a veterinarian from the class of 2008 from Cornell University. I went immediately into private practice, working with both dogs and cats, fell in love with practice, but also at the same time missed teaching. And so in 2009, I had the rare opportunity to spend my day off going back uh, to campus, back to Cornell to kind of shadow students working through their community practice service rotation. Um, So I continued that for about four years, loving my day off as much as loving my days on while I was still doing full time in practice. And then eventually I I made the decision that I wanted to teach and instruct and lead the next generation of vets more so than be in the trenches on the front lines. And so that's really where I am today. I'm currently at the University of Arizona College of Veterinary Medicine. I've also had the privilege of teaching not just at Cornell, but also K-State, and also was founding faculty at Midwestern University, also in Arizona. That's awesome. So I admire that. I loved my clinical practice rotations. And um, so that's cool. I think impacting the next generation of veterinary professionals is very admirable. But for my listeners, they are all wondering how we can maximize their visit to the veterinarian. And so I wanted to kind of talk about from the very beginning, I mean, just when you need to plan a visit to see your veterinarian, how can you make that 
the most effective use? That's a wonderful question. And I would say that I really think about it in terms of different steps and staging. And so um, really for me, uh, there's three parts of just even getting our kitty um, to the veterinarian. And so the first piece would really be about scheduling the appointment and how we do that. The second piece would be about acclimating our cat to the carrier or other transportation. And then that third piece is actually getting us to the hospital. So, so that's where I'd like to begin. I don't know which is of interest or if you'd like us to start at the beginning. Well, it's all it's all of interest, actually. And I think that people really need to know all of that stuff. So our basic premise of talking about how to communicate with your veterinarian really falls flat if we can't get there or we can't book the appointment. So so, yeah, start at the beginning. That sounds great. Yes. What I would really love. And I'm a, I'm a huge cat lover myself. Right. I practice with dogs and cats, but I grew up with cats. Cats are my love of life. And so I, I love to get them into that clinic. And so I think the, the first area that we can help our clients with our cat owners is really scheduling the right appointment, right? So so many of us, assuming we don't have a sick visit, a reason to come in that's unexpected, are bringing us in, um, bringing cats in for their vaccine appointments, right? Or the, we get a notice in the email box that we have to come in for a vaccine or wellness exam. And what I would recommend is when you call to schedule that appointment, before you call, before you pick up that phone, think about anything that might be on your mind about your cat, right? Think about that day, that week, that month, the last couple months. Are there trends that you're worried about? Are you noticing something different at home? Maybe your cat used to hack up a fur ball once a month, right? And now as you think about it, it's three times a week. Maybe there's other things that you're you're concerned about, right? Maybe we're missing the litter box, or maybe we have a, a housemate at home that's getting attacked by our, our cat, and we're not really sure what's happening there. And so when you call to schedule, what I recommend is open that line of communication. Instead of just saying, hey, I'm calling, I got the reminder, I'd like to schedule that rabies vaccine. Say, you know, these are the other areas that I really would like to address with the veterinarian. And that helps in most clinics and practices, the front staff to schedule an appointment that's going to be a bit more suited to that. What I didn't realize until I myself practiced in the clinic was that um, time allotments are often due to the presenting reason. And so for quote unquote, just a vaccine appointment, we may not as veterinarians always have the optimal amount of time to chat. But if we know in advance and the front desk schedules that appropriately, they're going to know, okay, it's not just a vaccine, but there's litter box things, there's furball issues, there's other stuff that we need to address and take the time to do. Does that make sense? Yes, I love that. And just as the practicing veterinarian, I really do read those notes that my receptionist puts on the appointment before I go into the room. And by the time someone gets there with their cat and all the other things that we're going to talk about, they may have even forgotten to tell those things. So I love that. So before you're actually due, you're encouraging people to sort of pay attention, maybe jot down the things that they want to to mention, right? Absolutely. I think the jotting down is great because we've all been there where we go to our doctor and, and everything goes out of our head. So having that list um, in whatever way is helpful to you. And then I would say also prioritizing that list, right? Maybe there's five things that you want to address. We can't always address them all in one fell swoop. And so if you had to sit at home and say, okay, of the litter box issue, the housemate attacking the other cat, you know, the furball issue, what else am I dealing with? If we prioritize that, then we can at least communicate that to the veterinary team of, okay, today we have time for this and this. 
these are my priorities at home that I need to get to. And then later we can address those other things as we're able, but at least gives us an inside scoop of what is most pressing to our cat owners at home that we need to solve pretty quickly. Oh, I want to throw in a note. Every day in my exam room, I ask clients what they feed their pet and they all have to look on their phone and they and they can't tell me. So, you know, write down those kinds of things that you do in case your veterinarian doesn't remember to ask or if she asks you and you're not sure and you have to look. So, yeah, uh, jotting it down is great. Okay, what other advice do you have? The other big piece that I always wanted my owners to think about would be acclimating our cat to our cat carrier, right? Or whatever transport system that you have. I come from this as a cat owner myself, right? I had two Tonkinese cats. And in my early years, I never put the carrier out ever until I was ready to bring them into the office. And what that did was it actually incited mild panic. I say mild, but it probably was severe FAS, fear, anxiety, and stress, right? Of all of a sudden, the carrier came out only when there was a trip to be taken, right? And so I think thinking through how can we make that experience a little bit less stressful for our cats and making that carrier a positive thing. And so thinking about is there space somewhere in the home environment where we can leave it out, where we can prop the door open so that they can't get trapped in there. Maybe we offer treats in there. Maybe we offer a special toy or something like that. And if we start them out young as kittens, that can make it a familiar place. Some of my cat owners have even shared that it's become so familiar that the cat just kind of camps out in there. It's like a little tent, a little environment for them. And that way it doesn't feel like, oh crap, the carrier is out now because we're going to the vet, right? It's it's just a normal part of their environment. And that should make it a little bit more homey when it comes time to up that carrier and move it into that, that hospital setting. Okay, so I'm going to get on my fear-free soapbox for all my listeners. If your cat is yowling the entire time they are in the car, they are not happy about their carrier. And it might be something to mention to your veterinarian. There are medications that we can use to create a little bit better feeling in that carrier, but it's not okay for your cat to not like it. So do everything that you can to make that a better experience. Yes, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. I love that you mentioned having that conversation too. I think a lot of cat owners think, oh, I don't want to bother the veterinarian with that, right? That's such a trivial thing when in fact it's huge, right? We've all been on car trips that we've just said were disasters, right? Nobody wants to be feeling uncomfortable, right? When I had to take road trips from from Maryland to, to South Carolina with my family over two days, you just felt like you were going to lose your mind. So we want our cats to feel safe and that means having a carrier, right, that is strapped in, right, that can be seat belted in if possible, so that they're not sliding all over the place. Uh, we don't want them to get to the clinic already distressed. Yes, that's perfect. I always cringe when I hear my owners as I come into an exam room saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to their pet. You know, I don't, I don't want that. I want it to be a positive experience. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. Well, before we get to the next parts, I want to take a real quick break. And so we'll be right back. Kitty Poo Club reinvented the litter box. No more scrubbing that stinky plastic tray. Or worrying, oh my God, do my guests smell that? Kitty Poo Club has solved the stink. And now the worst part of cat ownership is hassle-free. No cleaning, no scrubbing, no more stink. And the best thing is you don't have to buy some oversized contraption that will break down. 
Kitty Poo Club litter boxes are manufactured to make your life easier. You have one cat? Easy peasy. A small mountain lion? No problem. You are going to love it. Your cats are going to love it. Believe me, there are good reasons why we sold over 3 million boxes. Go to kittypooclub.com, read the amazing reviews, and when you order, save 30% on your first auto ship. Visit kittypooclub.com, use code MEOW30 at checkout, and join the club, the Kitty Poo Club. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. So, Dr. Ryan Engler and I are talking about ways to maximize your veterinary visit and communicate with your veterinary team. And also to make the, the trip to the veterinarian a little bit better. So um, what do you think is the next important point? Great point. I would say that once we know our carrier, we know how to get there. We are comfortable with it. We pick a carrier that uh, maybe opens from the middle, right? That has multiple ways to access our kitty so that we're not dumping our kitty out on the exam room table. Once we get to the clinic, it's helpful for us to have known kind of what the process is, right? Especially if we're new to that practice or new to the clinic. So that's another one that actually I would earmark as something to check in with when you're making an appointment, particularly to a new clinic of when I get there with my kitty, what happens, right? Is there a cat waiting area? Do I go exactly into the exam room? Will we be sitting out with a lot of foot traffic, right? What are the stresses that you've picked up on with your kitty? And how can we communicate that to the team so that hopefully we can navigate and strategize before we even get out of that car? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And maybe even ask the question, do you have a cat-only exam room? I know that I do. I think that improves the experience for cats. But yeah, so communicating and asking questions and trying to give as much information as possible while continuing to jot down all those things. Don't forget that. So what do you think is next? Next, we get into the exam room, which is really the opportunity for all of us to hopefully shine and create a good experience. And I think that what's most important there is really being transparent, right? Transparency is key. I loved what owners would say, you know, my cat really does not like you to touch those feet. Then I hear that and I say, you know what, I'm going to do everything I need to and put the feet at the end if I have to address them, right? So every cat has their preference just like we do, right? If I know they don't like their ears touched, well, maybe I end with the ears, right? You got to think through what does the cat prefer? And as a veterinarian, I don't know that. I like to look at my cat owners as the expert in the room in terms of what that cat loves, what that cat hates. And that owner is essential, right? I can't do my job well unless I know how to initiate. And, and what that cat's appreciation of touch is. I love that. Our owners are the experts. So I like that. As the um, cat guardian, you are the voice of your cat. So you're going to tell all the information you can think of when you book the appointment. You're going to ask questions about what the experience will be like to try to prepare yourself mentally. And you're going to do everything you can to make the visit or the, at least the travel to the visit so far up to this point as good as you can. So what about once the veterinary team starts to to come in and do their things? What would you say our listeners need to know about? 
I think it's really important for you as the owner to share your perspective. And what I mean by that is it's okay to say what concerns you most, what doesn't concern you most, right? So as the veterinarian is doing the exam, maybe they identify that there's a lump on the skin and maybe there is some tartar on the teeth. Maybe they recommend a dental cleaning or something of that sort. As they're making their recommendations, try to engage in that honest dialogue because as a veterinarian, I might jump to, hey, we need to do a dentistry. If I'm the cat owner and I have concerns or fears about anesthesia, but I don't voice them, then we really can't have a very productive conversation about next steps, right? And so I loved when my owners would feel comfortable, which meant I had to create a safe, supportive space for my client to say, you know what? I hear that. I hear that the teeth are a concern and I'm really worried. Like, is anesthesia safe? Is my kitty going to be okay? Are they going to wake up all right? Like, what are the risks? And that creates, again, that dialogue. So it's not a one-sided conversation. I love that. I love having the opportunity to explain all the extra steps that we take as veterinarians and, and in my own practice to ensure safety of anesthesia and also to to tell them why I think that is important because I'm like you, I like to teach and I want to talk about why the care I'm recommending is important. So I had a client recently bring me a diagram of their cat in which they marked all the little bumps they wanted me to check, a hand-drawn diagram. And I loved that. So have you ever had anything like that? I absolutely do. Yeah, I'm all about visuals. I actually had an owner bring in a dry erase board, like the little ones for the dorm room and the college. And I just think that's amazing because how often do we get into an exam room and I can't find a lump or bump, right? It's like a detective work, but our client can or can describe it or document, especially when there are trends as well, right? I think that's invaluable. I do too. So as the the visit kind of draws to a close. What other things would you recommend besides expressing concerns about treatments that we're recommending? What about the things that we're doing that day? What should my listeners ask or share about what we're doing that day? I think clarification is really helpful, right? So clarification in terms of what was able to get accomplished and what wasn't and what we might expect to see in our cat at home, right? So if the cat had sedation for an ultrasound or sedation for something else, it's okay to say, you know, what would I expect when I take my kitty home, right? Is is the cat going to be tired for the next six hours? Are they going to walk a little bit drunken, right? Are they going to seem disoriented? And hopefully our veterinarian will initiate some of that conversation But especially if something's weighing on our minds, it's our right to gain that information. And likewise, if recommendations are given to you as the cat owner, it's okay to say, I'm not really sure I follow, right? I don't understand why that's necessary or essential. Or is that something that we need now? Or is it something that we can stage, right? And I think sometimes as a veterinarian, I haven't always been people friendly, right? And that I so want to get things done that I'm like, this is the list of all the things we have to do. And when I've been on the other side of the table as a kitty mom, because I don't practice care on my own cats, all of a sudden in the owner's shoes, I think, well, wait, 10 things, that's a lot. Like, And all of a sudden I get to thinking maybe it's cost related, maybe it's not, maybe I just don't want too much on my cat. So I think it's okay to say, you know, thank you for those recommendations. What is essential, right? What is must have? What does my cat need now? Are there things that I can think about, right? And if so, can I think about them for a couple of days? Do I have a couple of weeks? Do I have a couple of months? Like, what is the time frame of urgency? 
in terms of when I, the cat owner, have to make that educated choice or decision. Oh, I love that. That's great advice. And maybe if you're not sure, ask if any of the things on the list are painful to your cat. Because I know sometimes when I make dentistry recommendations, it's because I see a resorptive lesion, which we know is painful. And so maybe that's a good question of, Doc, help me prioritize these things. What is painful for her? I love that. And, and along those lines, when we do get medication prescribed, especially pain medication, right? Pain can be very challenging for us to notice in cats and cats can be pretty cryptic about it. And so it's really important to have that conversation of, I don't want them to be in pain. What could we give to manage pain? What is safe for them and why? What are risks associated with that? And know that if it's not a one size fits all, right? If one medication is given, but it doesn't seem to be working or effective or the act of giving the medication is more stressful than the, the relief we're going to get from it, really please do uh, call back or reach out, let us know, because often there's a plan B or C or D, right? We want to work with you as much as we can, because we don't want the process of getting the medication to be the barrier in getting the care that you need. Yep. And I think at the end of the day, veterinarians and veterinary students really care about the patients. And we really want our treatment protocols to be doable and to work and help. So yes, okay. So all right, we're wrapping up this visit. And we have asked our questions and we have our list and we've jotted down um, the important things. What else do we need to be sure we cover? Sometimes it's just a matter of when is follow up necessary, right? So maybe at that visit, we identified a lump or bump. Maybe we decided to take a watch and see approach, or maybe it was aspirated and deemed to just be okay to, to watch and monitor. Sometimes just what should I be looking for at home, right? Uh, so we can prompt as, as cat owners some of those questions so that we know, okay, should I be concerned if it grows? Is it expected to grow, right? Should I be concerned if it's red or itchy or if we lose fur over top of it? So that can be a helpful kind of reset of when do I get it checked back up, right? So that we don't lapse into that feeling of, well, we'll get it checked a year from now, right? Or if we're doing twice a year exams. Um, so I think that's helpful. And then also knowing what's the best way for you, the owner, to communicate with that practice after you go home, right? Let's say a question comes up. It's, it's helpful for me to know at the end of the visit, oh, you know, the veterinarian does email or maybe there's a text portal or a patient portal online, right? Or maybe the best approach is to call the reception. So I think just having an understanding of what's the process when and if questions do arise. Yes, I love that because it's different for every practice. So that is a really good question. So I am thrilled that you have shared these tips and I think that everyone can benefit from those. And I just really thank you. Thank you for the cool idea because this was your idea um, that this was a good topic and, and it is, it's a great topic. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And, and yeah, I just love partnership. Our clients are everything. Our cats are everything. And the more we can really work as that team, it's like a sport, right? It's a team sport. So let's be all in it to win it. And that means being open and being able to both share our side and our perspectives. And to listen to each other. So, and to listen to our cat when they're telling us things that we might not want to hear. I just think communication is very, very critical. So, so thank you again. And thank you to my listeners because your support has made this show um, so much fun and I feel so important. And thank you to my amazing producer, Mark Winter. And I want all of my listeners to go out and have a 
perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.